Taiwan reported 12 local cases on Tuesday, including nine in Taoyuan's airport cluster. The cluster has now spread to five employees of an electronics factory in Taoyuan. Their infection has been traced back to the wife of an import luggage cart handler. To contain the cluster at the factory, Taoyuan City has expanded its contact tracing efforts. 280 factory employees have been sent to centralized quarantine facilities. The mayor has ordered a stop to production at the factory. We have added nine more cases, all connected to the airport cluster. Another nine local COVID infections were reported on Tuesday in Taoyuan, all in connection to the city's airport cluster. Four of the new cases were staffed at a Taoyuan electronics factory. The virus is thought to have spread to the factory by an employee, case 17507, who was confirmed COVID positive on Monday. She's the friend of a home carer who was diagnosed last week. So far, a total of five people in the company have tested positive for the virus, and 280 employees have been sent to centralized the electronics factory's main building has stopped production. Of course, there may be other areas of the factory that need to be blocked off. We will conduct a policy of mass testing and isolation for all. Another case added on Tuesday was the mother of a boy diagnosed on Monday. The boy is a classmate of the home carer's infected son. The CECC also announced two more cases in the family that employed the home carer, a three-year-old girl and her father. The girl's elementary school has been ordered to close. This case attends an elementary school in Zhongli. Today, we ordered the school to close until January 23rd. The mayor also announced that, considering the rapid rise in cases and the fact that children under 11 are not eligible for vaccines, winter break will start one week early at all schools in Taoyuan. Meanwhile, two family members of airport cleaners have also tested positive. They are cases 17533 and 17554, family members of cases 17308 and 17474. So far, all new local cases have been found through contact tracing. There were two new cases today, and they were already in isolation. The first tested negative and then tested positive. The risk for the community is relatively small. The risk is within the controllable range. But there's less than half a month to go before the Lunar New Year holiday. If Omicron continues its domestic spread, it could prove a big complication for the festival season. A COVID outbreak has been confirmed at the Zhongxin branch of Taipei City Hospital, involving three new local cases. Two of them are nurses in the hospital's COVID ward. The third case is the boyfriend of an infected nurse. One of the nurses had been caring for five COVID patients, each of whom are confirmed infected with Omicron. Let's hear from the CCC. Very quickly after detecting the first case, of course the hospital started contact tracing. At about 9pm on Monday, we went to the hospital to get a better grasp on the situation. We found that it was one of the workers in a COVID ward. All the people working in the ward, all the nursing staff and other personnel had to get tested routinely. This case in particular tested negative on January 7th. She developed throat discomfort on January 9th and she had a fever on January 10th. So another test was administered. This time it came back positive. Tests were then administered to all her colleagues in the ward, which is how case number 17571 was found. She's also a nurse at the ward. Investigations are underway to determine the source of infection. To prevent spread into the community, large-scale contact tracing measures have been launched. 
The school and cram school attended by two children of an infected nurse have been closed for two days as a preventative measure. Meanwhile, the restaurant where the infected boyfriend worked has closed for disinfection. Ten workers at the restaurant have been listed as contacts along with 14 of the restaurant's recent customers. The CCC says it will reopen its 1922 vaccine appointment platform this Saturday to make it easier to book boosters. The website was deactivated weeks earlier due to low traffic and it was replaced by its direct bookings at local hospitals. But amid growing uh, Omicron cluster at Taoyuan's International Airport, the race is on to get all eligible people vaccinated with their third shot before Spring Festival. To curb Taoyuan's airport cluster, the CECC shortened the wait for a booster from five months to 12 weeks. Early morning on Tuesday at the Shinju Municipal Stadium, a long line of people waited outside for their shot. Many came in from out of town. I'm from Taipei. Later on, I'm going abroad, so I'm here to get my third shot. I received BNT before, so I'm getting the same now. I live in downtown Shinju. My family is in Taoyuan. Because the epidemic is heating up again, I'm here to get my second dose. Starting Saturday, you'll be able to book a vaccine on the 1922 online platform once again. By the end of January, 7.68 million people will be eligible for a booster shot. For the CECC, the goal is to get them inoculated in time for Spring Festival. Of course, that will be a challenge. The government policy on third doses went through some last-minute change. So the government has been relatively slow to put out supporting measures. At present, there is a very large number of people who need to be vaccinated. There is no way to vaccinate so many people in such a short amount of time. I think it would be extremely difficult to do so. With Omicron spreading into the community, experts say that besides vaccination, authorities should expand contact tracing and ramp up COVID screening. In simple terms, we need to shorten Omicron's chain of transmission. We need to apply the most exacting standards possible, doing contact tracing all the way to second-tier or third-tier contacts. All those people should be targeted. Meanwhile in Thailand, there's good news for Taiwan's domestically produced Medigen vaccine. Thailand's foreign ministry announced that it's added Medigen to its list of approved COVID vaccines. Thailand is now the fifth country to recognize Medigen after New Zealand, Palau, Indonesia and Belize. Taiwan reported 58 imported COVID cases on Tuesday. Two of them were EVA Air flight attendants who work U.S. routes. According to a flight attendants union, the flight attendants may have been infected while providing in-flight mail services. With imported cases on the rise, new testing protocols went into effect today, affecting all arrivals in all long-haul flights. Travelers now have to take a rapid PCR test at the airport and test negative before being allowed to proceed to quarantine facilities. On Tuesday morning, 17 passengers tested positive. That's about 7.8% of total passengers from long-haul flights. In the recent spate of COVID cases, there was a home carer among the patients. As carers are the interface between the elderly and wider society, they are a key juncture in the flight against in fight against COVID. To respond to Omicron, carers are stepping up their hygiene protocols again. We spoke to one carer about how he keeps his clients, himself and his family safe. 
the medical smock, gloves, and mask go on. Disinfectant alcohol is at hand. This is the daily uniform for home carers during COVID. When I go in, I have to take my temperature and wash my hands, and then I'm always carrying alcohol on me to spray on myself. After washing my hands, we also have to pay attention to the client's own temperature. Carers go into their clients' homes to help with preparing meals, helping the client eat and bathe, and accompanying them to the doctor. The job necessarily involves lots of close contact with the client, but when COVID cases are rising, hygiene measures must also get tighter. We have to be especially careful if they have a fever, cough, or shortness of breath, or they feel fine one moment and suddenly unwell the next. Home carers have come under intense new regulations since the Level 3 COVID alert was introduced in 2021. We're now in Level 2, but carers are still required to get double vaccinated, to take their temperature every day, and to monitor their health at all times. They're also forbidden to work in multiple districts and encouraged not to travel between districts. Some people want to go home, and we'll do all we can to encourage them not to travel between districts. The pandemic is quite serious in Greater Taipei. If our family go into hospital, we may ask them to do a COVID PCR test. We'll insist they get the vaccine. Right now, we're adding the third dose. For carers working every day with the elderly and with the clinically vulnerable, it's vital to stay on the ball, to be of service to those in their care. Let's head now to Taichung to visit two eateries, both equally beloved by food critics and locals. Two brothers open matching restaurants that offer a family pig's trouter recipe. Loyal customers say it's the first meal they eat on returning to Taiwan from abroad. Both restaurants have won recognition from an international food guide, the Bib Gourmand. Pig's trotters simmer in the pot. The skin is tender and the dish melts in the mouth, clinging to the bone. This gourmet version of the Taiwanese home classic earned a mention in the 2020 Michelin Guide. The Michelin Bib Gourmand judges noted its delightful, lustrous shine, like a dish full of amber. On the side, we have a rather light soy sauce. We also consult a color card and choose the color in the middle of the card. The older brother shared his memories of growing up. He was never keen on studying and always wanted to start a business. After dropping out of technical college and completing his military service, he and his little brother, who had just graduated high school, moved from Jai to Taipei. That's where their uncle taught them this secret recipe to make the most of pig trotters. Our uncle totally gave his all to pass this on to us. Although I was inheriting this art from him, I also had to change. If you don't change yourself and you just keep stubbornly doing it the same as you always did it, that won't work. After five years as apprentices, the brothers moved to Taichung to get to business. The elder opened a restaurant in the West District, the younger in the center. Both have won Bib Gourmand mentions. The stew broth is the heart and soul of both establishments. There's also a leg of pork simmered for five hours and perfectly balanced between lean and fat. For people with poor teeth, Normal pork leg is hard to eat because you can't chew. This is so tender, you just bite down gently and it's melting. They don't sell pig's trotters abroad, so it feels really like my homeland, Taiwan. It's the first thing I eat when I get back to Taiwan. Neither of these eateries will break the bank, despite the unforgettable meals on offer. The two brothers pour their love for real cooking and for Taiwan's culinary traditions into the menu, winning the hearts of countless loyal customers.
The Taiwan-Japan Economic and Trade Conference was held on Tuesday for the first time since the start of the pandemic in 2020. During the meeting, Japan called on Taiwan to lift its ban on food imports from five Japanese prefectures. Even if Taiwan lifts its import restrictions, as has the United States, Japan would never export food with health concerns to Taiwan. I deeply hope that Taiwan will be like Europe, the U.S., and other advanced countries and deal with this issue in accordance with scientific data and international standards. My understanding is that there is no timetable. It's not even known whether there will be talks. Even if there are talks, we don't know how long we'll need to talk before arriving at a result. Japan has raised this issue for many years. It has always been concerned about the issue. It says the same things every time, scientific basis, international standards. Although the association president says Taiwan is not rushing to lift the ban, a Japan media report says otherwise. According to the report, Taiwan's government seeks to open up imports by March in hopes of easing its entry into a regional trade bloc. The report says Japan's support is integral to Taiwan's entry, and so Taiwan must address its import ban sooner rather than later. The DPP's Lin Jingyi, winner of last Sunday's legislative by-election in Taichung, went on her second thank you tour on Tuesday. She set off from Uyu District in a car, waving to locals and thanking them for their support. Although the election is over, the KMT is still grappling with deep internal divisions exposed during the campaign. Some in the blue camp have expressed resentment against the KMT mayor of Taichung, Lu Xiuyan, who did not show support for her party's candidate in the by-election. Having won the by-election, Lin Jingyi braved the cold as she set off on another thank-you tour in her constituency on Tuesday. The election is over, but political strife is still running through the blue camp. According to a new report, the KMT's defeated candidate Yan Guangheng had not intended to join the Taichung race at all, and had only done so at the insistence of his father. If that's the case, I feel pity for him. You shouldn't forget that this by-election only came about because the KMT maneuvered a recall. If now you come out and say, oh, actually, he didn't want to run in the race, isn't that just taking all the residents of Taichung for a joke? Lin said that, if true, the KMT had been irresponsible in organizing a recall election against a predecessor, Chen Bowei. It had been irresponsible in fielding a candidate who didn't want to run in the resulting by-election, she said. We didn't ask about their issues within the family. It's not appropriate for outsiders like us to ask about it. A KMT councillor in Taichung declined to comment on the rumors. Meanwhile, the director of the KMT's office in Taichung says that Mayor Lu Xiuyan waited too long to show her support for Yan. Even her own people say she had joined the campaigning too late, that she hadn't taken action. Are factors like that responsible for the loss in the election? Possibly, I think. But people who are saying that now are just having an emotional reaction. Of course, we know that Mayor Liu would have had to maintain administrative neutrality. But outside of her work hours, she could have helped out with campaigning. It's just that she chose not to. 
Mayor Lu did not respond to reporters' questions on the issue. Meanwhile, reports say that inaccurate polling ahead of the vote could have led Yen's family to misjudge the situation. The DPP's polls were not inaccurate. As candidates, we consult the results of many polls, but my personal stance is that the thing that you should do as a candidate is to throw yourself into the race no matter what. In the wake of Yen's defeat, divisions within the KMT have never been clearer. If you've ever been to Yushan, you may have visited Pai Yun Lodge, a popular tourist destination. Now the lodge is getting a new kitchen built. But installing a new kitchen at more than three, uh, three and a half thousand, three and a half thousand meters above sea level is no mean feat. All the materials must be carried up mountains, uh, trails, mountain trails by strong-arm porters. We got a chance to see the incredible project firsthand. <laughs> Hikers step aside to give way to mountain porters shouldering heavy metal racks. This is Paiyun Lodge, 3,518 meters up Yushan. The kitchen is undergoing major renovations, and with no road to bring all the materials needed up to the building, the lodge is relying on these porters. We're paid by the kilogram. Right now, 130 NT per kilogram. It takes dozens of mountain porters and migrant workers a month to transport an entire kitchen's worth of construction materials up the mountain. It's okay on the knees. I walk with short, quick steps, not big strides. It's fine. This backpack weighs several dozen kilograms and is half the height of a man. Once you've heaved it onto your back, you must be vigilant not to slip down the mountain slope. Just glancing back can give you a cold sweat. The hikers on the trails are in awe. The old kitchen was made of wood, which rots away. Now we're using simple steel frames. <laughs> These light steel frames were cut into sections to be carried on the back. Up at the lodge, they'll be welded back together. Who would have thought that building a kitchen on a mountain would be such a slog? Let's hope the chef can make it all worth it. Now, Celia, are you a fan of the tarot ball? I am, actually. It's the perfect treat on a cold winter night. Me too, but sometimes it is hard to choose between all the flavors. That's true. And for the residents of Miaoli, it's harder than ever. A young farmer and his wife have invented a new hot pink taro ball made of dragon fruit. And it's so popular they took out a patent. It's enough to make my stomach grumble. Let's check it out. Mason jars are full to the brim with brightly colored taro balls. They're all handmade with local ingredients, but this red-pink ball is a mystery to many customers. Few would guess that it's made with dragon fruit, but those little dragon pips give the game away. No artificial colors are added, says the chef. Dragon fruit taro balls are pressed into shape and then cut out before being wrapped around dried cranberries. Actually, we had been selling these more than a year, and customers said the color was beautiful, but they lacked that fruity flavor. And that's when my wife got pregnant, and she loved eating cranberries, so we thought we'd try putting them in. We didn't realize how delicious it would be. 
The birth of the dragon fruit taro ball is thanks to young farmer Jiang Feng Miao and his pregnant wife's cranberry cravings. I got pregnant again and I liked eating candied fruit, so I thought why not stick the cranberries inside, and we were surprised how delicious it was. The cold nights of January provoke many a craving for taro balls. If you make a trip to Miaoli, why not give them a try? Temperatures plummeted nationwide on Tuesday as a strong cold air front set in. A cold surge advisory is in effect in 17 cities and counties from Tuesday afternoon to Wednesday morning. In open coastal areas along the west coast, temperatures could drop as low as 8 degrees. The Central Weather Bureau says the weather will dry up starting Wednesday, but that low temperatures are set to stay until the weekend. Piping hot congee releases a cloud of steam, giving comfort on a wintry day. The stall owner serves up bowl after bowl, meeting a surge in demand from locals looking for warmth. It rained in the morning. The temperature just felt very cold, so I put on more layers. Under the impact of a strong cold air mass, temperatures plummeted nationwide on Tuesday. The Central Weather Bureau says the cold air mass will be strongest from Tuesday evening to Wednesday morning. In Xinjiang and the region north of it, there are many areas where the temperature has dropped below 12 degrees. We want to remind everyone that from now to tomorrow morning, in Taoyuan and the region north of it, including Jilong and the north coast, temperatures could dip to 10 degrees or lower. Starting Wednesday, the cold air front will begin to weaken and skies will turn dry. There will be a good chance of sunshine, although brief showers are expected along the west coast. Watch out for big day-night temperature swings, forecasters say. It will be relatively cold across Taiwan in the early morning, especially on Thursday and Friday. Under the effects of radiative cooling, temperatures will be lower in open coastal areas in central and southern areas. So the Central Weather Bureau will issue continuous cold weather advisories until Friday. Get set for bracing temperatures at nighttime, the CWB says. The cold front will linger until Friday, so keep those winter coats handy.